Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I am your host. Thank you for joining me. Um, I I really just sense the need to just talk about love this morning, and not love. I know love has almost become like a cliche in our modern world where people say you know i love you or i love this oh you know and then they send the heart emoji and things like that i personally think that one of the tragic things about modern day christianity is that the one thing that jesus said that we should be known by we are not known by it we are not known for it and it's such a simple and easy thing to do. In fact, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that is given to us. Yet, somehow, we find it so difficult to walk in that love. And like I said, I have been reading the epistles over this past few weeks. In fact, since the beginning of this year, something I've never done in my life, reading you know sequentially the bible well not that i've never i i have done it but not in this sort of very detailed form i begin to see a picture begins to emerge and it's a consistent picture it's a picture that jesus introduces in 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 the gospels the the apostles build on it in acts and begin to confirm it epistle after epistle letter after letter right up till the end in revelation and i then wonder how is it that we read the bible we come together gather we read the scriptures and somehow manage to avoid the most obvious thing the, the things the the high the thieves the core themes that jesus speaks to for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son you know the lord we, we, we ignore that and then we focus on every other thing that has to do with self-progression you know the things that we we, we, we we it's almost like sifting through a haystack to find the needle the one thing that you can hold on to or that I can hold on to that that is is addresses my need rather than the entire bundle of hay that talks about the needs of others so it's like you know i just it's like we like it's like we we just manage to avoid the one thing that god talks about throughout the entire scriptures and this is love and jesus talked about this extensively and when i look at the world today you know like really right now in nigeria we're really going through it because um the economy has been very badly run really really badly run and the chickens have finally come home to roost a lot of the spending was very very you know we we, we don't have that much money our population is growing and then a lot of bad financial economic decisions have been made the people were never in support they were wrongly and ill-advised but they were based on political sentiments and now there is no money to actually you know take care of the real basic stuff which is like you know cost of living and that sort of thing so fuel prices food all of that really going through the roof 
people are just not even people earning an income are just not able to make ends meet you know just to keep life running transportation cooking you know fuel and and, and the cost of food has re- literally in fact it's it's gone beyond the roof so it's it's really really tough so now more than ever you know the love that thy neighbor thing really needs to come into come to bear because and this has hit the middle class and even the upper it hits lower middle class middle middle class upper middle class and is even hitting the super rich at this point you know because the super rich have investments and the cost of manufacturing the cost of you know just running those investments are going through the roof because energy prices and you know infrastructure costs and all of that is just you know going through the roof it's almost like an entire collapse of the economy let's just put it that way it's really bad you know if you have relatives in nigeria and they're complaining just know that they're not exaggerating it's really bad it hasn't been this bad in a very very long time and this was totally put on us it was just poor economic management for the past eight years and um, like i said the chickens have come home to roost but the point i'm trying to make here is that now more than ever you know i continue to see the church or, or we as christians focused on the wrong things there is a greater mandate now to love our neighbor as ourselves as there was in, in, in the time of Jesus because now people really need that love because people are going through stuff we came out of the pandemic or we're coming out of the pandemic to the glory of God at least for now things seem to have really eased for us here in Nigeria um, people have almost you know junk thrown away their masks I still go out with my mask but you know generally infection rates in fact i think there was a period when for about 22 days there were no reports of a death in nigeria even in the hospitals and all that which has never happened since the pandemic began i haven't checked the figures for a while but just just say pandemic wise we we seem to be coming out of that where i won't we're still keeping our fingers crossed on that one but then we have now launched into severe economic crisis severe severe one severe you know i've never spoken like this on this podcast before but the, the, the message I'm getting as I read scripture is that now is the time for us as Christians to stand up and be counted in the form of how we show for our neighbors. And I do not mean blood relatives. I do not mean family members. I mean neighbor. In other words, the person, people in our sphere of influence that we know are vulnerable at this time and they need support. And for some people it will be, for many it will be financial, for some it will be material, some it may be food um you know i've seen the the massive humanitarian support being given by people ordinary citizens some people opening up their homes you know in 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 europe and other parts of the world and you know for me it just really makes me feel sad that you see non-believers showing love and doing the kind of charitable works that christians are supposed to excel in because we have the nature of christ in us you know i there's a lot that is in my heart and i i would really you know counsel if you can just listen to the last one or two musings of mine because it's really weighing very heavily on my heart even for me i'm beginning to i'm going to start thinking about how i can start practicing my faith in a more tangible and concrete way because i see now that i have been socialized into christianity in the wrong way in a way that focuses on my needs and don't get me wrong we always talk about the 80 20 rule from what I see in the scripture, 80% of my time should be spent on serving God and others. And and then 20% on, you know, working on how God, you know, talking about my needs. That's what I get from the way the scripture is arranged. 
I mean, somebody like Paul, you can read him for several chapters, and he's never, he, he just maybe the only place to talk about my God. In fact, he, he only talks about needs in the context of, in fact, in the context of the gospel. So when he talks about, you know, God making, um, able to make all grace towards abound to your, towards me, he's, he's talking about so that you can have to do more. It's never just for the sake of, you know, having those things. And the same thing, Jesus will say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The epistles also tell us the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not about what you're going to get, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, so many scriptures all over. And, you know, so Christianity is not a place you come to to improve your natural life. It's a place you come to to improve your spiritual life, your relationship with God. You come to Christ to make you whole. Yes, people do come for healing and all of that, but if that is the only reason why you come to him, then you, we, you, we clearly cannot stay with him. You can't walk with him. And I think that's the thing. A lot of us want to continue to stay in that place of just being receivers, and we don't want to be partakers of the inheritance. We don't want to be workers in his kingdom. And I don't mean having physical authorities in, in uh, position in church. I mean actually doing the gospel, which is giving of yourself to people, you know, in everything, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, just helping out, and not with family. And don't get me wrong, I know a lot of people really help out. I see people doing that. But I, I, and I think some people do it really, really well. I just, it just bothers me that we as Christians, we're not seen as a, community of people that really really do it so you just see a few people you like what we see around us is mostly millionaires doing philanthropic works so that's part of their csr and everybody expects them to do it um we see churches doing some high level csr not as much as you would expect you know some churches i think the catholic church really stands out in that regard they have hospitals and all that some other churches charismatic churches as well also have but what I'm missing, I think, is that, because what I'm also, I guess what I'm missing is, is really what you get from individual Christians, because we, 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 the, the, the gap is so large that even all these things that every, you know, the other institutions do at the high level is a drop in the ocean, you know, and at, at best, I mean, one hospital will cater for 1,000 people or maybe a community of 200 2000 you know even if it's 2000 what is that in the country that has hundreds of millions so at the end of the day it is we it is i you and i that have that critical mass to really spread our love all over the place so i'm beginning to see now that and i look at it that when i look at what i can do like literally what i can do as opposed to what i am doing of course there is a gap I know I'm doing a bit more now than I used to do before because God has been leading me on this path. I am now more targeted, more intentional. I thank God for that. But there's a whole lot more that I can do and I want to begin to think about that. More in this space of um, showing love to the vulnerable people. Not to people within my circle only, but, not to, but this is more about loving your neighbor. And I'm just going to read the scripture that talks to this. There are many others, but I don't want to do... I don't need this to be a teachy preachy thing about love because there are a lot of scriptures but i trust god that as we go along in this journey there are some days he may make me 
talk about certain other scriptures. I'm beginning to, where God is leading me to now is talking more about practicing my faith, practicing love. And that's the thing. These are things you must practice. And to be honest, I think that somehow, because a lot of us, we've, that mentality of I give to church has made us believe that all of our charity should be about that. And in many ways, I think the institutions and they have also um, perpetuated that belief. But that's not what the scripture says. That's really not what the scripture says. That's not what the scripture says. That's not what the scripture says at all. Good works are something that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be charitable even to people that we do not know. Yes, there is supposed to be what we do within the body of believers and all of that. But beyond, that's just one aspect. The major aspect of what we're supposed to do is to show love to the people around us. And I think the sense I'm getting, I may be wrong, but maybe this is more a message for me and not for everyone. But the sense I'm getting now is there's a greater need to show love to the people that are around me that i that are within my sphere of influence that are vulnerable that either they and i don't need to know them personally but they're just people that somehow they come within my sphere of influence or i have a conversation i'm somewhere you know so a, a typical example maybe i have a friend who's running a shelter you know I, I know she's doing this work i have personal knowledge about it therefore you know i see what i can do in that space i get to hear about a school of children who are disabled i mean i'm like how are they paying their bills how are they feeding these people now when even people who are earning you know who are high income earners are really struggling so it's just that good neighborliness to begin to think about the vulnerable around us and i think all of us know who these people are and i would say in as it's good to do stuff for your family but i think again that's another problem we have in our context we focus so much on our families we don't think about the society around us. I just think, I sense the fact that God is asking us to balance everything because that's what the scripture says. This is what I think he's telling me as a person. Let me just personalize this. I think he's telling me that in as much as what I, I should, of course, do the stuff that I do for my family, but that I should also remember that there is a family of God and there's a family of humanity. There's a family of community. There's a family of society. And that I shouldn't shut my heart and my eyes from the pain and the suffering in those places because Jesus died for us all equally and that God does not distinguish between the members of my family and the members of those families. The blood of Jesus for my family is not different, is not greater, is not higher. God loved us all equally, died for us all equally. And God cannot come down from heaven to minister bread to these ones. He expects, this is why he left us, he left me on earth. He expects that Shola will represent him. And that the things he cannot physically do, because he is no longer physically present here in the life of Jesus. Even when he was, he was limited to Jerusalem and the environs. That his children spread over the nations will act in his Stead will do what he would have done, and I think, in looking back now, I think I've spent too much time thinking about doing greater works in the context of miracles when there are things that you can do to change people's lives just by sharing, you know, giving them things they need. 
particularly in very desperate times and this is not talking about a lot of money it's about bread for food it's about a meal you know like people that feed the homeless it's about you know providing food stuffs like we do in nigeria i mean even in developed countries i remember during the pandemic people were giving out packets of food even in the developed countries how much more in in countries like nigeria where 80 percent of our population is poor poor unable to eat and raising children and honestly i just i honestly think that when many of us get to heaven hmm, the our report card will be terrible before god and or come before god i'm not even saying heaven and i don't even know whether some of us will be able to enter in because it's about the difference between what you are able to do and what you're doing I think God wants us to do so much more outside of the walls of the church than what we are doing. And it's not about, I think that model of pouring everything into, everything you can give into the in, into that collective pot. Uh, anyways. So I wouldn't say anything about that, but what I would say is, at least this is what I'm getting, in terms of what I'm getting. No matter whatever it is I'm doing elsewhere, there are certain things I must not fail to do. In other words, show love through material giving and meeting basic needs of the vulnerable people around me in my community, in society, places that I hear about, particular, you know, and I'll just leave it at that. The vulnerable, motherless, disabled people you know under credible institutions the poor widows you know fatherless homeless all those kind of people and even people who urban poor in other words you're working in cities you're in the city whether you are you you have house or whatever but you're poor you cannot afford three daily meals a day you cannot afford transportation you cannot afford a living space you're not able to meet up with your daily basic needs. You, you live on less than $3 a day. And then we have about 70% of our population in Nigeria fitting into this. So the scripture that I'm just going to read to, um, today is um, the book of Matthew chapter 22 verse 36. When Jesus was... Um, okay, so let me just read this. Verse 35. Then one of them um okay so from starting from verse 34 it says but when the pharisees had heard that he had put that he jesus had put the sadducees to silence and these were you know um, jewish scholars different bands and of scholars they were gathered together then one of them one of the pharisees who was a lawyer asked jesus a question trying to tempt him and saying master which is the greatest commandment in the law and then jesus said to him verse 37 Thou shalt love the God, the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. Verse 39, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, when you read, when we read this, you may think that, okay, Jesus was talking about the Old Testament. But what he was saying, in fact... There's another place where he says, a new commandment I give unto you, love your neighbor, and maybe we'll read that as well. But when Jesus says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, what he's saying is that 
these two commandments hang everything that is important to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and is the secret of the universe, of life, righteousness, and peace on the universe. Love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind because in that love comes the power and the ability to do things differently, to resist the enemy, to live righteously on earth. Then take that love and turn it into loving your neighbor. Channel it. Loving your neighbor as you love yourself. The things you would like, the prayers, the things you would like done for you, the things you would wish yourself. If you have it in your power, do it. To your neighbor if i do it just do it do it in whatever way you can because at the end of the day it is not about the quantity of what you do but it's the quality it's not about how much or how well how deep and i'm speaking to myself here because like i said the difference between what i can do and what i am doing is very wide but i was also someone who for many years was very much focused on this you know just channeling everything into the collective pot but i'm beginning to see now that no that's not enough i won't say you know i, I would i i have other stronger views but i won't say that because i don't think that's helpful but when i read the bible i see that i need to pay attention to this category of people and because i i am able to and i would say when god says show love it's not just if you have finances for someone like me because of the kind of work i do and stuff like that i it's not easy for me to go and volunteer in those places but volunteering is an awesome gift as well if you can volunteer your time that is even the most highest gift because um you can't get that time back for someone like me it may not be easy for me to volunteer and i don't think i will even do that i don't think god is even i don't think i, I will do that but i can i can give funds i can support financially I can provide some stability, financial stability, support, at least help to. I can give hope through, you know, just make people's lives a little bit better. Teensy, wincy bit better. Help to make it. Be one of those who will help to. And of course, God bless those people who can actually be physically present like my wonderful friend. And really support with presence, you know, with words of encouragement. Just being a physical, living, breathing being. And if we can't you know, and this is where God will hold all of us accountable. Because what I cannot say to God is, I, I cannot volunteer my time. And I also cannot volunteer my money. In fact, there are three things they taught me. I mean, I remember in my early days in church, that when you want to give, you can either give your time, your talent, or your treasure. And I think of all this, when I look at it now, the most valuable is your time. Because you cannot get it back. We all have a measure of time given to us. Once, as we are drawing from it, nobody is adding to it. You know what I'm saying? You can't get it back. You can't buy time. You know, there's no place where you can go and say, okay, I want 10 years added to my life. You know, there's just no place like that. So anytime you, anything you give in terms of time, you, you can't get it back. Money, of course, you can get back. That's actually replaceable. So really, when I look at it, the gift of money, they're just loaning you. It's an investment that God will pay back to you. So that, for me, really is neither here nor there. But time, well... God may add it back to you, but it's, it's a finite resource. Whereas money, you know, you can always get it back. And there are many sources of getting it back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's a different type of thing. Talent, too, I think is also something that we can give. I think talent, too, is, is a precious gift because it's unique to us and you are the only one that can give it. It's customized, unlike money, which is undifferentiated. So money from me is not different from money from anybody else. So, But the gifts, if I give my, for instance, you, 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 
I give my talent, you know, I, I take the time to use express my talent in a way that will help the needy. That is also a unique gift. So if when I look at it, actually, I would say time is the greatest gift, followed by talent. They are both um, talent and time is connected because your talent, for you to give your talent, there's you have there's a time element in it, you know. But the one that for me, and in the, from God's perspective as well, is important. But spiritually, in spiritual terms, you know, is not like that kind of gift. Is money. So I would say, if the barest minimum we should give is money, financial support to the needy, to the vulnerable. But if you can do more by actually being present and using your talent to bless them in a way that is tangible, fine. And I know what I'm saying is, is the upside down of what you would expect because in the world that we live in now, we have we, we, we make it look like um you know money solves everything it's not true because for instance which is what happens most of the time when we have the wrong kind of people supporting many of these causes even when money comes in it does not fulfill the purpose for which it is given so at the end of the day you still need gifted people people who are committed who will spend their time in a way that will help these people to be able to use the resources that they get wisely or people who will spend it or handle the resources judiciously on their behalf so now that i'm even thinking about it someone like me i actually need to really actually get personally involved because i know that i will not <coughs> excuse me squander the money which is why i'm careful about the people i support i have to really make sure that there are people that i know they will do what they need to do but i'm also beginning to sense that i perhaps i need to get more personally involved because i know that i will handle these things diligently i know that i will do that I know, I absolutely know, and the Lord knows that as well. But anyways, I'm just going to leave that there. I'm really pondering on a lot now, and I'm going to begin to pray on this and ask God to show me how much more that I can do. There's a massive need. I will also try to begin to advocate a bit more in my personal spaces, talk more about these things, you know, on you know, within my spheres of influence, and just see how we can create that sense of urgency among people to, to develop a culture of love thy neighbor in how we all go about our christian faith and our life and let us be differentiate ourselves in the way that christ said that we should he said by this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you love one another and that loving one another is not just talking about loving people within our church families because which is what we see in fact we don't even love ourselves within our church families really so let's just we've just thrown that whole love thing away so it's we all we all form cliques in those places now when we don't love you know very very differentiated i mean well it's not there's nothing like love going on there but he says it's by love that we know ourselves that people will know that we are his disciples and that's why many of us collectively and individually we're not known as the disciples of god and of christ and even if you know all we're just seen as people you know sect members that's all we are really that's all we're seen as sectarian members we're not seen as christians I'm even glad that people even don't even see that because honestly, it's just that unfortunately, it's also made some people have a poor view of Christianity because of the way in which we've presented it. But Jesus did say to us that when we show love, when we walk in the love of God, which is selfless, which is compassionate, which shows empathy, which does charitable works and is not self-seeking, that when we do that, people will know and is really committed to helping and providing positive change you know in the name of god is not so much concerned about you know taking from people who wants to give it says when we do that that people we know that we are the disciples of that christ who lived in that same way who gave a life that was given to sacrifice so and for me this is even 
a much much better way to practice my faith so i'm now wondering how did i even get into that other twisted version of self-improvement and all that but improve myself into that the bible says what does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and you lose your own soul so by the time i become this very very successful person on earth of what value is it to me when my soul is required of me the you know the next day or the next year or the next decade of what value is it to me at the end of the day it is the works that people remember not what we had even the people that you see in great cities Monuments are built against um, around them. Many of the people we study today, philosophers and all of that, is the works that live after them. It's not what they had, not their possessions. Anyway, I'll just leave it at that. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming here. I pray that the Lord will season his words with the salt of the word of God and that he would ensure that it produces fruits of righteousness in our hearts in our lives to his glory in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen